Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to another hour of Miracles in Recovery. We will be discussing all aspects of addiction and recovery and how they affect our communities, families, and the relationships within that. Join us for how 12-step recovery programs can work in the lives of addicts and their families. It starts by looking in the mirror. Dial 866-472-5792 to share your experience, strength, and hope. Be part of the solution. So I'm in the studio by myself tonight. Well, I'm not necessarily in the studio by myself. I'm I'm, I'm never in the studio by myself. There's four dogs and two cats roaming around. Fortunately enough, the studio is in my home, so they, they roam in and out of the studio. So if you hear a random bark, then... You'll know what that is. Or a meow or a purr. You're never alone at Ray's house, ever. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, the last time that I was on the phone with you and you were out at your mother's house in North Carolina, you had wild turkeys out in your backyard, didn't you? Yes. And honestly, I'm expecting I'm expecting them to show up any day. They should be back. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> if they, if they made it through. Season. They have it. They, no, they did. They, they periodically will stroll across the yard in herds, but you have to do that for them. Oh, yeah. We've we've got quite the menagerie of of, uh, wildlife up here. Squirrels. Yeah, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is you step out your door here and you see a sand crane or you see... you know, things like that. We, I even have a peacock in my neighborhood. Somebody, I don't necessarily know if like it was put there and it kind of made its way to these people's home or what, but there's around the corner, there's a peacock that just struts down the middle of the street with its feathers all, uh, you know, and, and then you go to other locations and there's other forms of wildlife uh, up in where, where I come from. There's only rats <laughs> a random raccoon and uh, you know dogs and cats. Oh, I bet there's more than you think. Probably. Oh no, there's, there's a, yeah, but I mean they don't. They're not just out prevalent like you see here. I see bunnies all yeah, over the place because yeah. they're because they're building now, so they're chasing. They're stealing all the bunnies' land. Oh yeah, they're in my neighborhood. I'm constantly having to slow down so I don't hit one. We're home. They're hopping across the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I've noticed. Uh, I've noticed over the past year, we've gotten a greater influx of them. No, they must have had a, a population boom. Because <laughs> I've right. noticed that too. You know, and their tails. You can see them at night just because their tails are white and they're hopping. Yeah, and the, and the dogs go like cuckoo when they go out in the backyard because there's a bunny in oh, the yard. Oh yeah, and the cats but too. Oh yeah. Fortunately, and fortunately enough, bunnies are always faster than my dogs. Yeah, it's not and good they, if they catch them. No, they're, they're going to run away if they get close anyway. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's so, um, we here again. It is it is March 25th. Now, March is gone. I remember saying, like, wow, we're already into March, and, and March is gone already. You know, we, know. we wake up next week, and we're uh, in April. I mean. It'll be April Fool's it, Day before we know it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing is, is like, you know, come April, 
October is just one month closer, and I'm, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm, I'm vitally aware now that I'm the uh, coordinator for Toys for Tots and giving back to my community. That uh, October comes too quick. <laughs> yeah, you got what six months now. Yeah, to rest up. But yeah, hey, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's you know. It, I guess I guess that's one the one of the one of the other reasons why I got clean was to be able to give back what was freely given to me, and if I can do it by um, helping a child be happy and grateful at Christmas, then that's that's a great way to be. It really is, and and it, you know it is miraculous that you can do that, and it is a well, huge job I, I mean, for anybody. Any, anyone you know, anyone can do outside. it. It's yeah. But it's a lot of work, and you're dealing oh, with yeah. a lot of different people, and a lot of people like me who yeah. haven't gotten to, who haven't gotten to this uh, side of the bridge yet. Right. You know, and and and, and, and it's and, one of the you know one of the things that I that I notice when I'm I, I immediately feel for someone who I see who is struggling. Yes, but my my radar tells me be very aware. Don't get don't get sucked in, you know. Um, and you know, one of the things that I had written on my on my list here, or, or just scribbled on the pad, was codependency. You know, and and not being codependent on someone I don't know, but it's very easy as a recovering addict to want to share your experience, strength, and hope or your happy message with someone who's struggling and try to get them engaged in a conversation about doing something about themselves. And that's never all, I don't want to say never, but more times than not, that's not a successful conversation. I would agree. I think probably one of the worst enabling situations that I ever saw was a recovering alcoholic and her drug addict son. And she literally mm-hmm. supported him until she died and he was in his 50s. And then he didn't, you know, he had to take care of himself and he didn't know what to do. Right. And and, and the, the thing is, is like in a case like that, they'll make you crazy before you make them sane. Yes, definitely. You know? oh, he ate her yeah. alive. He literally ate her alive. Mm-hmm. But she... She continued to hope. She continued to give, you know, money, whatever, cars, and he do. continued to, on his merry way doing what he was doing. Yeah, codependency is uh, is tough, especially especially when you throw love in there. You know, I mean, because it's 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 hard to get out of. I mean, and and I I want to say that, you know, every human individual, individual, every single day, experiences some sort. Of codependency, unless you have, you know, like if you have some kind of narcissistic behavior where it's all about me, um, I want to say everyone experiences it to some degree on a daily basis, thinking of someone else before yourself. Well, one of the hallmarks of codependency is wanting to be liked. You want everybody to like you. and. How do you do that? You please people. You try to do what they want. You try to do mm-hmm. what you anticipate will make them happy. Right. So I mean, when you're you... talking about the addiction situation, what is going to make an addict happy? Right. Exactly. You getting know, and, high. and, and getting high. Yep. 
So they will take advantage of that. The other you know, way in allowing it to happen. They will take it, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard as a parent, especially, I think, not to do that because this is your child and you've been taking care of them your whole life and all of a sudden they've got this problem and you just keep thinking you can control it and fix it and you can't. No, right. And, and I'm just saying even like in, a, in in everyday society, you know what I mean? You want your boss to like you. You want right. your neighbors to care, you know, like you. You want so, – so you, you do things out of – I don't want to say the necessity, but the need to be liked. And sometimes I find myself um, like shushing the dogs when I probably shouldn't. You know, only right. only because I don't want the neighbors to complain. Or only I'm I'm hyper aware of that, and I really probably shouldn't be. I mean, granted, yeah, there's you know I live in a in a uh, geriatric community, so I mean, I'm sure there's people in bed right now, and if my dogs were outside, I wouldn't want them to be barking. But at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, if they go outside and see a rabbit and start running around the yard and barking, I get, like, hypersensitive of, oh, what, what do the neighbors think? I don't care what the neighbors think, really, but I guess I really do because yeah, you don't I... don't want to upset them. Right, right. And, and that's, yeah, you want them to, I guess you want them to sort of like you and even though he's got a menagerie at his house, <laughs> he's an okay guy. And somebody else was trying to get, get uh, lo- unload a cat on me last night. I was like, get out of here. Come on, I already got Another two. Another cat? Well, yeah. Fortunately enough, I wasn't there and holding the cat because the cat probably would have came home. <laughs> oh, I, was, I, was, I thought maybe they brought it over to your house. No, 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 no. Those days are those days are. Uh, well, I can't say they're gone, but unfortunately no, enough, ran down things the don't. Sh- and you couldn't find it, Thunder. I know it would be living in your house. Yeah, fortunately enough, things don't show up at my door. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm wrong. I, what was it? Two months ago, I found that little that little dog running around the neighborhood, and I brought her home. Right, and I think yeah. that's how you got Peg too, right? Yeah, she just never went away. <laughs> someone and the oh, sad thing is so is someone threw her away. You know what I mean? She was a throwaway. Yeah. So she she needed to come to my house because she was a throwaway. She did. And she, yeah. she found her forever home. You know, and, and, and it's sad when you see animals that can't fend for themselves really. I mean, they depend on us. They they wholeheartedly depend on us. And someone just lets them out of the car and drives away. I I just don't get that mentality. But, you know, there were a lot of things that I did that someone would look at me and go, Yeah, I don't get that mentality. So, you know, I I I can't condemn an individual that is doing that self-righteously because there are things that I have done so I just need to make sure that my side of the street is clean and be open for these things when they happen right and you are and you are you give back in many 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 ways and I think that's that is that is a miracle yeah, and, 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 and that's what I didn't know we, you when you were active in your disease, but I I suspect I would not believe it if I went back in time and saw you then. No, you know, and, and I wanna say I wanna say that everyone I mean, just look at Em, you know, how she how she acted and held herself while she was active and how she carries herself today. It's completely different. 
totally different. Yeah, she's very, very, very different. Very confident. Very um, calm most of the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not always. Occasionally, she'll lose it. But yeah, but I mean, everybody I does. That's that's human nature. Right, and I don't worry. Is I mean, you know, there there'll always be a little tiny spark of fear, I guess. But I don't worry about it much anymore. She seems to really, you know, have her life where she wants it and under under control. And it was out of control for so many years. Well, you know something. Um, you just said something. A little that little spark of fear. There'll always be that little spark of fear there. Slowly but surely, that goes away. And and. Um, that's a good gauge as to where you are in your recovery. That's true. That's true. You know, it's because you know that that's one that's one good you know because I mean remember, I'm sure you remember like wholeheartedly the fear and anxiety you carried on a daily basis. Oh yeah, during that whole. Fear. Every time the phone rang, I was afraid. Every single yeah. thing. You know, if it rang in the middle of the night, I knew. I knew there was a problem. You know, and the, and the funny thing is, is right now, I shut my, I put my phones on um, do not disturb at nine o'clock and I don't, and they don't turn back on until nine in the morning um, because there isn't anybody out there that I have to worry about. There isn't anything that's going to happen. I mean, I, I mean, I have, I have my daughter's number on the, uh, you know, so, so she can call through. You know, it's it's but but everybody right. and anybody else. You know, there isn't anything happening out there that I need to that I need to chase out the door for, and that's a and that's a good way to be able to go to bed to not have to have that in the back that of my mind. Fear. Yeah. And yeah, there, and, and, there were a number of you know middle of the night terrible phone calls. So yeah, right. I, I didn't get the bad one, thank God. But, you know, calls right. from jail, calls from, you know, the side of the road, calls from friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult. Yeah, unfortunately enough, you, you know what I mean? You, you may not be laying your head on your pillow with a, with a clear slate, a clear conscience, not worrying about having to be woken up because, I mean, that's still fairly new in your, in your regiment. Um, but the longer you well, go, you know, she puts her phone on do not disturb. I was trying to call her one night and she was already asleep and I didn't get her until the next morning. I said, what? I never said that to you, but I, I, I still leave mine on, you know, my mom is. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, you have. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, but it, in, in reality, at that yeah, I don't point, what is it? What is it that? Yeah. So. I mean, and that the, does things. Make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I I texted somebody, asked them what they were doing before, and they said, "I'm in a meeting." I said, "Well, then, why are you answering your phone?" Yeah, you know, exactly. my phone stays my phone stays in the car. That is mine. It didn't at first. Well, and yeah, I it could because you were attached to me. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was you, I was afraid I would miss you know an important text about somebody going to jail. Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's you know slowly but surely you some some later than others you you slowly lose that need for chaos you know and that's one of the things that 
um, you know, like we were talking you know, originally, I said codependency. I, I think, I think, even on and after, we all embrace that chaos as long as we can. You know, you say that you know, you say that every addict turns into uh, the same, into you know, the same being. But I want to say the reason why is because of the anxiety and fear and everything else that's that that's all around them as well. And I think right. that that keeps breeding even when we put the chemicals down. Oh, I think so too. It takes a very long time to, I don't know if overcome is the right word or just get it out of your system. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you just have to sit on your hands for a certain amount of time. And it's not in my time, it's in his time, you know, it's in your, in my higher powers time. And, you know, like, I see some people and a month later they're, you know, they're on their way and I, and I that wasn't me at all, you know? No, I, it, you have to be honest, it's going to take time. Yeah, you you can put the chemical down, like you said, but it's going to take time to work through all the rest of the stuff. You know, the mental, even more so than the physical. I think it takes it takes a while to learn how to live again. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with with the uh, spirituality piece that's broken as well. I think once you once you ultimately accept and and gain uh, serenity through spirituality. The the mental piece of it starts coming into place as well because you because you you relax your mind enough to allow your thoughts to process through and you know to to either be able to reject them or to be able to accept them and say that this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be. It's almost like boundaries. You know, the boundaries come back appropriately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do know that. I do know that when I when I stopped using, my mind was chaotic for a long period of time, and fortunately enough, I was able to sit back and and because I had a good a good base around me, I was able to sit back and just ride that out until I accepted what was going on, and and then and only then could I get you know, out of straight up codependency. I mean, that was, that was something that I had to work on as well, but you know, that that's actually something that we can, uh, talk about, uh, on the other side. So we'll, we'll take your calls at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. When Ellen and I return on Miracles and Recovery, we'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent 
inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that'll help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back. Crazy that I said the first segment segment went by like whipping by, and then the break went by like flying. I didn't even get to put a thought in my mind. Time just flies so we, with miracles and recovery. Yeah, hope is in your corner. We uh we were talking about codependency, and you know, to to relate it to to the world that we that we live in, um. Even even just over the past couple of days, with you know, with the with the news about the uh, um, the no collusion and 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 the report and all of that, and I don't, I'm not going to get political at all, but it just blows my mind that people are upset that the president um, didn't you know didn't collude didn't with Russia. They they wanted it to go the other way. Can you imagine? Just can you imagine today, where what state we would be in, if that is what really happened? If that's what that report read, that him and his family colluded to steal the presidency of the United States? Could you imagine where we'd be? Uh, I, I, probably, I, I, yeah. In some kind of civil war. I don't even want to think about it. No, and and that's the that's the thing. They'd be they'd be they'd be flipping cars over, and I, I yeah. It, it, I'm just grateful that you know, um, I I have a program to be able to filter the stuff through. I was talking to my mother on the phone last night about something other than um, some something that she experienced, 
And I said, well, just be, you know, just be grateful that, you know, you have a program that you can process that through. And she said, yeah, but when I'm processing, when I'm processing through that, I'm also realizing of the monetary deficit from that action as well. And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. You know, so it doesn't always work in our favor to be happy, humble, and free. We still have to deal with life on life's terms is, is kind of what I'm getting to. And sometimes being codependent warps that life on life's terms. I think that's a good way to put it. You're exactly right. It does. Because you're trying to control things in life that you can't control. Right. You know, by pleasing another person or trying to take care of another person when you shouldn't. You know, all of those things. You're not accepting life on life's terms. And that's hard to do. Yeah, well, because at that point, it's life on my terms or life on your terms. It's not right. It's not what's what's really happening. And, you know, fortunately enough, um, when I'm in the middle of it, today I realize it a little bit more. I may not realize it right away. Like I said, you know, I, I hear the dogs barking and I'm scurrying out there. Oh, um, but I realize it a lot quicker today than I did back then. And I think what happened when I was getting clean, um, of course, narcissism. I mean, I was very narcissistic in in the first so many months or or even even years, who knows. Um, But it was all about me. And that's why I couldn't get out of my own way because I wanted it on my terms. I, I I didn't want you to tell me what your suggestive uh, criticism was. I I wanted to do it my way. And I learned a lot of lessons through my own grief, whereas I could absolutely learn lessons from someone else's. I mean, that's the greatest way to learn a lesson. Yeah, I think um, being the great enabler, I've seen the damage that it does. You know, just because my kids grew up with me doing everything for them and because I wanted to, number one, I wanted it done right. I didn't have time and I wanted to control it. So, you know, they're adults. They don't know how to do anything. They were, you know, yeah. they, they literally cannot do my, I had to get my son an insurance card because he yeah. didn't bother to do it and he got sick, you know, that kind of thing. Still? Yeah. <laughs> About a week well, ago, he came over to my house, coughing, sick, um, needing to go somewhere pretty quickly. He didn't know where, and, you know, like an, an emergency room or something, and he didn't have a driver's right. license. He didn't have an insurance card. You know, he, he has those things, but he didn't have them. In he just didn't event, have it nor physically, Nor did he know yeah. where they were. Yes, nor did he know where they were. <laughs> so, mom to the rescue, of course, I got them. And after a while, afterward, I thought, you know what? I shouldn't have. Yeah, okay. you should have. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yeah, I should have let him go to the hospital, and then they they would tell him, "No, we can't treat you because you don't have your insurance card, or your driver's license." Well, no, they have to treat you. They have to treat you. They just would have billed him. No, they want an ID. Oh, so you just they can't show up at the ID. hospital? Well, if you're busted well, up, I think if you're yeah, if you're busted up or whatever. But if if you're if you're coming in there saying I have insurance, they want to make sure that it's you. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I guess I and, guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's getting tighter and tighter. But you know that that's an example of me enabling. Perhaps I shouldn't have. <laughs> should have should have let him feel that pain a little bit, and then the next time, that won't happen. Yeah, but I mean that that is that is um, um, that's I, I want to say that's a that's a behavior uh, issue only only because. Um, I, I, I do that as well with things and I don't necessarily know if I'm aware of it, but I mean, left, I mean, I'm, I'm stuck here by myself now. So, I mean, I have to, I have to make sure I know where my license is. I have to, yeah. yeah. Um, but when I was around people who I could rely on to help me, I would always just say, Hey, do you have that card that I gave you? two years ago that I need back right now, you know, um, exactly. because I knew, because I knew that there was no way that I would be able to hold on to it. That I, I have, I, I have no, um, qualms about throwing. I, I read something and it's my insurance or whatever. And I go, oh, okay, cool. And I throw it right in the trash. I take the card and I throw the, the, the claim or whatever it is right in the trash because I see, <laughs> I see, I see, I see what I owe is 78 bucks or whatever. I don't even keep track of it. All I know is that when I go to the prescription window, I have the card. So, I mean, I, I guess, I guess that's a step in the right direction, but it, I'm not where um, other people in my family save everything. My mother saves every single receipt and it's like, what do you need receipts from? five years ago for I'm exaggerating, but I'm not with her, but I mean, what do you need receipts like that for? I, that never clicked into my mind because I've always lived for the moment preparing for Mm -hmm. tomorrow. Yes. But living for the moment. And if it's something that comes my way and it was about yesterday, I don't need that. Well, you might, yeah, I, I absolutely do. I always turn around into yesterday and go, well, where is that? Oh, yeah, that's right. I threw it away. But well, I, I don't know. I don't think this one would, you know, I don't think my son would even think that far. It would be like, oh, did I have that? I don't remember. Yeah, see, so I guess, so I, guess I got some growth growing. Yeah, there you go. Gives me hope. Gives me hope. Yeah. But, you know, mom yeah. to the rescue, even though he's almost 30. Maybe, yeah, maybe, well. you know, and I thought about it. At least I had the thought, wow, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Wow, he's almost but, you know, 30. Mama, yeah. Mommy Crazy. might have kicked in. Wow, 30. Yeah. He'll be 30 almost. this year? No, he's going to be 28. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say. In May. That went by like way quick. Know, getting close. I think I owned my first house when I was his age. Yeah. I didn't. I was. I was. I was two years clean. So well, I owned my. Have. I think maybe I owned my first car that I. Oh no! I, I. I. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I owned that was mine at that time. Your clothes. Yeah, but I probably didn't buy them. My mother probably did. Well. That's what moms do. I think I was working in a productive member of society then by, by, by the time I was 30. I, I think so. But I mean, when you look, when you look back at that and you say like 30, 
geez, I know people who are 19, 20, 21 years old, and they're already out there going to it on their first house at 22, and they're on their way. Yeah. They're yeah. unusual, though, I think, especially now. Yeah, everything's very expensive. Well, you know, I, I I also think that today today is a different mindset, especially around um, the use and abuse of of uh, drugs and alcohol. I think not that it's not that it's the the behavior is acceptable, but I think the use piece of it is commonplace. You know, I mean, there's people still out there that that struggle with their children, their loved ones, you know, using and drinking and all of that. But I think because it's been in our face so long, we get deadened to it a little bit, and it's just commonplace. Oh, look at that poor slob, and they walk, and you walk away, or, you know, I, I just think that, and and where is it going to go? Where is it going to be in another ten years? Yeah, I, I honestly think that even the generation between us and and these kids now was a lot more you know, in your face with it. There there was a lot more going on than when we were growing up. And and I yeah. just watched it progress to the point where it's normal accepted behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's turning us into a society that, you know, I mean, look at what happened with the opioid crisis. I know. I know. I mean, we're still... And, you know, it, it kind of just took over and we're still in it. I mean, it, it, people yeah. are still dying at a greater and greater rate every day. And, where does it end? Where does it stop? Yeah, when does it, when so does when, does, when, when do, do we, we turn dial the corner? Back? Yeah, I, uh, well, dial it back and say this is not acceptable behavior. It's not okay. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think there's people out there saying that. I mean, uh, no, you know, they're not. They're saying it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't say it's cool. I don't embrace it, and I know that there's a, you know, there's a lot of there's tens of thousands of people, or millions of people out there that say it's not cool. But all you need is that one individual to to tell you it's cool, and and you're off and running. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, and like you say, we you know we talked about codependency or peer pressure or whatever. Um, to please that one quote unquote cool kid in the neighborhood, everybody and anybody would throw a rock through a window. Of you know, so in society today, everyone thinks they're the cool kid. So, how do you how do you quell that? You know, and and I don't even think they understand when they look around themselves that they're losing their neighborhood. They they all their childhood friends are dying. There's hundreds of people dying a day from addiction, and. I'm still willfully walking towards that next pill. It just that just blows my mind. I mean, I totally understand it because I was in that mode, but it just blows my mind on the, you know, on the side of on the side of recovery looking back saying give me another one. It just blows my mind. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, but that's it is. the that's the insidious insidiousness of uh, of it. And the insanity of it, when you know it's the worst thing you could do, and that's the only thing you're going to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't stop, and it's it's crazy. But, I, you know, okay. you were talking about the spiritual component a few minutes ago, and I think maybe that's what's missing more than anything. Now, maybe if somehow society as a whole could get that spiritual component back and give it to 
you know, these young people who, who really don't have it. No, I think, I think, you know, I, I think we, uh, our family units were a little tighter. Our, our spiritual connection was a little more alert back then. I mean, everyone, there, there's just too many evils wherever you look. And it's tough for someone to be able to pull back and say, all right, well, maybe this is why I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It, it's tough because there's just too many gutches out there. Right. You know, and and I don't think we'll ever turn that around unless all of a sudden somebody accidentally goes in someone's garage and hits a switch and the internet shuts down. You know, like on, <laughs> like, on uh, right. <laughs> like on, like uh, on, like on, was it Christmas Vacation when he goes in the garage and he turns on the lights and all the lights go on in the house and he shuts it off and they all go off. You know, if it was something like that where they just flipped the switch and we all had to go back to. 1986 and put put phone booths back out on the street i think society as a whole would i saw this thing on on social media and it says no we do not have internet talk to each other like it's 1995 ah very good idea you know yeah it's funny um, everywhere you go you see people looking you know down at their phones everywhere everywhere i'm guilty of it I am too. That's why a lot of times, if I know I'm going to be somewhere where I want to be able to concentrate on what's going on, I'll leave my phone in the car. Yeah. And that's why I say, like, if if I'm going somewhere, yeah. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to the gym, people in the gym, they're working out and they have to stop and look at their phones. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And that's why I, I, I I at least got to the point of silencing my phone from nine to nine. So I, I try not even to go on it because I, I know that there's going to be, you know, nothing that I need. Um, so I, I try to stay away from it for the, at least for that 12 hours. Because I remember when we had those, you know, flip phones and then as back, uh, we had pages and then we didn't have anything. And life was a lot more gratuitous at was, that point. because It yeah, was. Yeah. It was simpler. Uh, you know, people interacted more. People inter- interacted mm-hmm. differently. I mean, you interact on a real level rather than, I mean, we text each other in the house, in the same house. Oh, that's in nuts. In the same room sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, just it, walk into the room and have a conversation. Yeah. And, so, and you know, or, or put an intercom system in the house so you can hit a button. But, I mean, it's yeah. silly when you're, you're sitting. Uh, and, and I have jokingly done that with, with Janelle sitting, she's sitting on the couch and we're watching TV or whatever. And I text her, what are you doing? And she's, yeah. and she says like nothing or something like that. But that's, that's the reality of it, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's interesting. The, the changes right. that have been wrought by the internet are both good and bad, but I, you know, I'm, I'm finding that people seem more attached to their phones than they do other people. And that's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, they are. So we'll take your calls at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792 when Alan and I return on the Miracles and Recovery radio show. We'll be back in a moment.
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you stopped to think seriously about hypnosis? Hypnosis can set you on your way to better health, can free you from anxiety, phobias, and so much more. Join host Inez Simpson for Hypnosis Everywhere, Inez Simpson and the Simpson Protocol. This show is for anyone from the experienced hypnotist practitioner to the merely curious. Inez Simpson offers tools and insights from the whole world of hypnosis with guests and open discussions. Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol, airs live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today, with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the power to change the world. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back. You know, we were talking before the break about... um, how we interact with each other or don't interact with each other like we used to uh, when we were younger. You know, technology is, is, is a great thing. We all have this little computer at our hands that if you have a question, you don't even need to ask anyone. You can just go on, type it in, and, and your little box will give you the answer. But it's also a detriment because it allows us to stay within ourselves and you know, you were saying, you know, I and I said it as well, that I'm guilty of, like, you know, staring at my phone. I, I've been in the company of people that have two phones, put one down, and immediately start goofing with the other one. It's like, well, I'm well, guilty uh, of that because I have a work phone that I have to check email on, and then I have my regular phone. Why can't you just I, put your your work email on your one phone? 
Uh, they won't allow it um, because of HIPAA. Oh, right, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I have to have a lockdown work phone, which is fine. You know, at first I was like, what? But it's okay. It's okay. But yeah. I do have two phones. And I'm checking email on both of them. And other things. Yeah. But mainly, you know, mainly email for the work phone. But I, I, I do think um, the devices have made me... I don't remember things anymore, you know, because I don't have to. Like you said, you can type it in, you can type your question in a box and get any answer you could ever dream of. But I don't remember yeah. people's phone numbers anymore, and I used to know them all. You don't have to. I know. I know. I couldn't tell you what your phone number is. No, and, and, and before I would I have mean, known it by heart. Yeah. You'd have to. I mean, to, the only uh, one uh, I know, I don't even know my kids' numbers. I have no idea what they are. I just know, you know, it, it pops up on my phone with their name. Yeah, I mean, I remember my phone numbers when I was a kid, but like yes. this one, the only reason why I remember it is because I have to, you know, because I, I always have to leave it when I'm leaving a message or or something. But when I'm calling my brother, you, my sister, whoever, I just hit a name. Right. That's my recognition so for the numbers. The my numbers name anymore. Yeah. And and sadly, you know, when I when I go anywhere today, I always throw the GPS on the phone, even though I know where I'm going. And and that's just well, that's it just tells strange. You what time you're going to get there? Yeah. And w- w- what does it really matter? Yeah, I know. You know we're, or we're, whether we're, there's traffic and you need to reroute. But we're really <laughs> that dependent on on this crazy machine they call the internet. We really, we really have become. If you want to talk about addicted, I think we're addicted to the internet. Goodness, can oh, you imagine what so. would what would happen to everything if the internet shut down? Like you said, everything would fall apart because we're all reliant on it now. Yeah, we are. And and you know something? Why don't we do this? We're gonna we're we're talking about um, a generation that ultimately had color TV, I'm going to bring Gail in now, and she was a child and didn't have TV. Hi, Gail. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I've enjoyed listening. Um, I'd like to just start out, Raymond. Um, The other day when I called you, I don't think you got the message, but I was, I had been crying my, I, I was desperate for counseling. And I called you, and I couldn't reach you. And why I want to talk now is I remember when I had to say goodbye to you, Raymond. Um, That was so painful, very painful. But the the wonder, um, I will say, God has um, brought new lives to both of us. Um, But the addiction in our family is not over. Um, And I have to say goodbye again. And I know I have to do it. And I believe that um, I'm doing the right thing. Um. And and this makes me very nervous, but um, 
it, it isn't easy. I've been hanging on something that I uh, should have done something about instead of making faces when something happens. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I give my body, my body language says, no, I got you. No. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I absolutely have to say goodbye again. And it, it, it well, yeah, now, now let's, let's, let's clarify. You, you're saying goodbye, goodbye again. You're not saying it to me. You need to, you need to um, say oh, goodbye no, in, in, I, a, in a different situation. I'm, now I'm sure, say, and I can probably yeah. guarantee you that it's no easier now to do it than it was back then. If anything, it must, it's going to be harder. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard, but I I know that I am going to do it, and um, and I have no expectations. It's not up to me. I just have to do what I should do, or what I have to do, mm-hmm. um, without expectations, and that's the hard part for me, uh, not to have. Uh, the expectation, uh, yeah, go ahead. Expectations, you know what I'm saying. Ahead. Yeah. Um, this disease is not easy. Um, it no. still carries on after, um, after being sober. Um, and I'm an alcoholic. And I received help in AA and Al-Anon. Um, and I want this for someone else, but I can't make it happen. And I know that, but I do know I've got to go and say goodbye again. Um, I don't know, just maybe somebody out there has a well, son just, or a daughter just, that's active. Yeah. I mean, ahead. just... just- just pray on it. You, you, you're, you're that much more into your sobriety and recovery than you were when you were dealing with me. So, I want to say yeah. that it, it, as as painful as it will be, I think if you pray on it, you will have a lot more focus than when you know thirty something years ago when when you had to you know, say goodbye to me. Now, I, that doesn't, yeah. like I said, it's not going to make it any better. It's not going to make it any easier. Um, it might even make it harder, but you have tools to use to be able to do that. And, you know, the beauty thing about what it is that we do is that we have this bag of tools that was that we never had before. Ellen and I are here talking about color TVs and radios and staring at our phones. Back then, we had the only devices we had is what we, what was handed to us from the generation prior. And a lot of that stuff coming up the line was broken. Fortunately enough, this thing called recovery came into our lives and it'll, it it gives us the tool to be able to decipher what is right, what is wrong, what is broken, what is not. So I think when, when we, have to engage into situations like this. Um, it benefits us to be able to sit with ourselves and be comfortable and whole with what it is that we need to do for us, not for the other individual or individuals, yeah. for us. 
I I agree, um, but of course I don't want to do it. I am going to do it. Um, and I appreciate you taking uh, the time for me on the phone. Um, and keep going. What you're saying is really, really, hopefully reaching a whole bunch of people. Well, and, you know, the, the it would have been cool if you called up and didn't, like, one, call me Raymond, because people automatically knew that you were my mother, right? <laughs> and, and two, didn't say I had to say goodbye to you and I have to do it again. And then that, that really solidified that you were my mother. You could have called as just your average Joan caller and said, this is the problem that I'm having. But, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know how to do that, though. Yeah. It, yeah. Does, it feels like cheating. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, well. Thanks for calling, and and I'm glad that you I'm glad that you called in, and I know that you'll know how to process yourself through what it is that you have to do for you, yep. and um, you know maybe you can come back on after you're done and get a little clarity and and share share how you made it through it for somebody who might be listening needing to do the same thing for themselves. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, mom. Thank you. I love you, too. Hi, Ellen. I love you. Bye-bye. Love you, too. Bye-bye. So, you know, that's that's perfect. Um, we have We have, like, two minutes left, but that's you know, that's what we go through on a daily basis with with this really with is. this crazy ass disease crap. It's yeah, it's horrific. And you know the fact that she has to go through it with yet another generation is just terrible. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, it, and, and it never goes away. No, it doesn't. It, it, yeah, no. it will always. It will hurt her to do this, and you know she knows she has to do it, and she will. But it doesn't mean that it's not painful. It is. Yeah, it is. Life, life, life on life's terms. Like we said during it's the painful. during the show, life on life's terms. It's 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 tough, but guess what? It's it's. It's what we have to do in order to be able to make it through the day. If we go on anyone else's terms, that's where we end up. We end up conflicted about what we are seeing, about what we're dealing with, until we get to a point where we have to say goodbye. Exactly. You know, and we carry in somebody else's baggage. It wasn't for you. Yeah, we're carrying someone else's baggage. And you can't do it. You you absolutely can't do it. No, and you know, so I guess what we—the only thing that we can do is just be here on Monday nights for people who um, want to listen to what we have to say. They can dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two to share their experience, strength, and hope, like Gail just did. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll say a prayer, say a prayer around the world for Gail for what it is that she's walking through, and. Um, other than that, send me an email at ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. That's ray at miraclesandrecovery.org, and we will make sure we'll bring up the topic on the next show. We have 30 seconds left, Ellen. You know what to do. With Miracles in Recovery, hope is in your corner. And she just proved it. Good night, everyone. Yes, Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. 
Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.